you are listening to a Live City Church podcast, and we hope you'll experience Jesus today. We are excited to have you join our extended online church family. If you would like further information or wish to access more content, please connect with us on our Live City Church Facebook page or visit us at livecitychurch.com. You really need to be the voice. And that you need to be the voice, sometimes you think, in the wilderness. You know, when I... Um, I'm fairly old now. <laughs> and and uh, up to recently, I thought I was being very normal in an abnormal world, right? Things go, you know, unchristian and everything else. But now the world tells me I'm the abnormal one and all that crazy stuff is normal. Isn't it true that for years I got up, I, I, when I grew up, a man married a woman, right? And that when you got a child, you were delighted with the child. And, you know, you wouldn't, I, I, I know that cases for abortion and all that sort of thing. But now the law says in, in Queensland, you can abort a child right up to the time you deliver a child. It can be a full-term abortion, Right? I thought that was called murder. I thought it was called infanticide. Yeah, it's infanticide, but that's normal. Do you remember that case where uh, a drunk, drunk driver or something killed that couple? They were walking along the road and she was pregnant and the police uh, uh, superintendent or, or sergeant or something was saying, it, I'll make sure that there is a murder charge because he killed three people. And then that story died. You know why? Because they didn't, they couldn't consider the unborn baby a person. It went against the law. And so that story died, right? So I, you know, I'm outraged. I'm enraged. And I belong to a church that where the rage is the fire of God, all right? The rage is the holy fire of God that is, you, you know, that can't, I can't believe that we've come to a state of being where antichrist laws are normal. Australia was built on Judeo-Christian values okay what sort of values do we have now ultra left values you know you have not just the lgbqti um you know agenda but that that they have but you know 70 percent of people around the world say even in uk or europe that say they don't believe in god it's he seems to have disappeared okay it's a godless world and um we are therefore caught in the end time. How many of you believe in the end time? Yeah? The pandemic, is, I think, is, is clear proof where the world can be shut down, okay? And that there is a virus that, that, that can rage and kill so many different people. We're really coming to the end. But this end time is a time of battle. All right, we are at war. 
And the war is um, who can win more of the lost children of God. Satanic forces are trying to get as many as they can, but we know that the harvest is plentiful, and you and I are the harvesters. Amen? Yeah? And uh, it's an extraordinary war. Uh, the screen's very small, so we don't, we don't have to worry, uh, Pastor Paul, about PowerPoint and all that sort of thing, okay? Not to worry. Is it? It's, it's going on? Oh, uh, let's not worry about that because it, it can't see and, and we, we, don't, we don't have all that much time. Um, no, it's okay. Thank you, thank you. I was going to show you the books later on. Anyway, um, it's an extraordinary war because the war has been won. Christ won the war for us, okay? We seem to forget it, but we have won the war. When Christ died on the cross, when he rose up on the third day, you know, with that resurrection life and power that is ours, okay? Death has no sting. We won the war. We are at the last battle, though, because the victor is coming back to claim the spoils, Jesus is coming back to claim the spoils, all right? Re-establish a new order. But we have one last battle. And we have to fight like crazy. Amen? We need to be the voice. You know, we have this uh, federal MP in our area where we're in Newmarket, Trevor Evans. And he's very open about it. He's gay. And he, um, I think, has married or just married or is planning to marry his partner. And um, I'm, but he's, you know, he, he, he tries to be very fair. And when there was this really religious freedom uh, committee that came from parliament in Canberra, uh, led by Philip Ruddup, Trevor Evans arranged for me and a few people to have a special meeting with them, right? So that was quite a privilege. And then he knew that I was against same-sex marriage. And so he said, let's have a coffee. So we went and had a coffee. And I said to him, I have, you know, you, you have your freedom. You, you have your lifestyle. You do whatever you want. I have no control over that. Neither should you have control over me. That I have my freedom. I have my beliefs. And I am not... You might as well, you know, if you say, I'm being discriminatory, how wrong are you? I have the right to believe in the word of God, and you have no right to say, I'm a bigot. All right? I'm homophobic. And I said all these sorts of things. I said, you know me that I'm a champion of multiculturalism. And that, you know, I believe in diversity, I believe in getting rid of discrimination and, and injustice, right? You might as well call me a racist if you think, all right, that just because I have my own religious beliefs about it, that, you know, I, I'm uh, against you personally, you're free to do what you want. But let me be free to think and believe in what I want. And, and it was a good cup of tea. It ended up being pretty good, as in I said, you know, it's like, uh, uh, we'll agree to disagree. 
but I make sure that we continue to fight, that we don't lose it. But we are losing it. If you pay any attention to the news, you know that in Victoria, New South, in Victoria, um, Daniel Andrews, the Premier, he brought in this terrible law, you know, for uh, people who want to change their sex, right? The, uh, the, their gender. Um, you can't say anything to them. If a pastor talks to a person in the church, you can be jailed. All right? If I, in Brisbane, rang some friend in uh, um, Victoria who's thinking about it, and I preached, you know, and I, I said certain things about it, I'm in trouble that they could uh, file uh, something against me. All right? A charge against me. How crazy is that? And, and we know the abortion, uh, when they, they were having abortion clinics, there was an old Christian couple who for years stood outside, several, you know, meters away to hand out leaflets. Please don't have the abortion. Can we go for counseling? That sort of thing. Um, they brought in a law that you can't stand, I don't know how many meters near the building. All right? That has come into Queensland. And I, um, you know, I'm politically very, very active. Um, and, and I've got a lot of friends in both sides of the government. And I went to Minister of Education, Grace, Grace, uh, before the elections, she had a fundraiser. Grace and I have been friends for a long time before she even became a politician. And Kevin Rudd was there. And I told Grace, I said, Grace, you know, I've always supported you, but let me, uh, I'm so sorry to say, it's going to be very hard from now on because of all the laws that your party has brought in. And I thought it's time that I spoke up. It's time that I nail my colors to the mast, all right? That we cannot afford to be quiet any longer because this battle is raging. And that if we, you know, in my church, when we had the, uh, the same-sex marriage big debate, we had young people saying, but God is love. What's wrong with it? All right? You know, you've got so many of these arguments that, that uh, um, made sense to them, but certainly did not follow the word of God. So if we don't stand firm and strong, if we're not on the rock of Jesus, okay, what's going to happen to the children? We've Several uh, families in our, our church have got children who have outed themselves. They've gone very gay, right? They've got partners. I think one child has married. And I kept thinking and thinking and praying. I said, dear God, you know, we bring up the children in the ways of the Lord, all right? That we, we they go through Sunday school. We, we have such a vibrant thing. What happens? What happens that children of godly parents and that children were godly themselves while they were growing up, what happened that they could walk away? And this is where all the influences, all right, around us now that are so blatantly anti-Christ, we've got to fight them. The minute you became a Christian, you, whether you liked it or not, you became a soldier. Yeah, yeah. We may be prisoners of war in a sense because our, you know, our, we, we, 
you know, this, a lot of the negatives are around us and we know that we're absolutely free when we go to heaven, okay? But we, we know that we have won the war and as prisoners of war, we may have to deal with, you know, grief and, and pain and despair and desperation. However, if God is with you, who can be against you? Right? And that, you know, sometimes we, I, I meet people that are so down and depressed. And, and I say that, you know, this extraordinary warrior, and I go to, now to the, you know, points that I have uh, written, is that we are not the victims. We are, say to the person next to you, you are not a victim. All right? We are the victors. Amen? You know, we, we don't just survive. You know, we, we're not just overcomers, but we are victorious. And we forget that, okay? And that, you know, uh, many of us, when we became a Christian and we were standing outside, you remember the parable of the wedding feast? I think Matthew 22. And, you know, uh, people, a lot of people are invited and they don't come, right? We came. We all were wedding feasts, were, were guests, and we went in. But once you go in and taste the goodness of God, once you accept Lord, the Lord Jesus in your life, you no longer live, but Christ lives in you. Isn't that true? All right? And then you no longer are the guests at a wedding feast, but you are the servants, you are the messengers that were sent out to bring in others into the wedding feast. So don't think, you know, it's comfortable, it's wonderful. I do meet people that come to church. It's all about me. What can the church do for me? All right? You know, uh, how is uh, Sunday school like? Good quality teachers, good teaching, you know? Uh, what is this about? What about the teaching? Da, 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 da. I go on and on and on. Excuse me. Yes, we need to disciple you. Yes, we need to put in you principles of God and, you know, the way to be able, even a, a, a apologetics 101, so that when people say God is dead, you can say, no, let's look at this. Let's, you know, or, or they talk about the theory of evolution. And we say, no, we teach them how to rebut that. We teach them how to discuss that and to refute them. All right? Fight things like that. That's important. But most importantly is the command that's been given to you in Mark 16. Is it 15, 16 or 16, 15? Anyway, go into the ball. It is not an option. I hear people say, I'm not ready. When are you going to be ready? All right, when are you going to be ready? We went to China. We, we've gone many times and to, you know, uh, um, house churches. And there was a ballet dancer and she had a little school. She had just accepted the Lord and she came to one of these, you know, very private intensive lessons that we had with these um, uh, people in China that, you know, have become Christian. And then she said, I can't wait. I can't wait. I want to go back. I need to share the gospel, you know, with, my, with all the people I know. Six months later, we heard she had started a church. And she was only six months a Christian, right? She was only like maybe a few weeks ahead of what she was teaching them. And she, you know, we kept hearing about her and her church was growing. And it was like, oh my gosh, you know, if only we were all like that right? We are too comfortable, we are too cozy. 
I see you all with blankets <laughs> and heaters and, and uh, my dear friend, and, and I'm sorry, Lee, I forgot to uh, introduce you. My very, very good friend. She's been with us for years and years and years and she decided, asked her to come along with me, right? In case I lost my way. Yeah, I'll be somewhere and I don't know where. <laughs> I don't know this place. But you see, we're too comfortable. And if it's a bit cold and the wind blows and it's, ah, it's cold. But think of the ones in, in so many other places where they've been persecuted for the faith and they've gone to prison. All right? We are so, you know, we are so privileged. We are so well taken care of. Okay? So, okay. So let's go on with the fact that you're supposed to go and you're supposed to bring people in. Do you know that with studies on evangelism on, and, and, and church growth, this is American Institute of Church Growth, and they said 70% of people in a church have been brought by a friend or family. People come, if the pastor's great, and I'm so sorry, Paul, you're good, but so you only attract 7%. It's only 7%. Sunday school, good Sunday school, I think 3%. Right? So all the other factors, good music and all those other things, fall in the 30% bracket. The bringing of friends, 70%. That's how our church grows. Yeah? Yeah. So you should already be targeting all the different ones that will come to the opening of your new place. I mean, you can tell them which church when you go to, you've got blankets and heaters, and then you can see the trees, and it's beautiful. It is. It's only cold, right? But, you know, th this is where you will have to do, uh, this is where you're, you're the ambassador, okay? Now, why have we been chosen to do it? God could have just clicked his fingers. I would have done it the easy way if I was God, right? You know, having to deal with all these people that moan and groan and whinge. You know, I'll overrule everything else and say, fill the churches, you know. But I'm going to use all these people. Why did he want to use us? Why did God use us as his special ambassadors and messengers? Because we are so special. We, tell the person next to you, do you know you're so special? You really are. You know why? You're no longer there. You're dead. Christ is in you. You no longer live, but Christ lives in you. That's why you're special. Amen? And people that say, oh, I'm not good, or I can't do it, you're insulting God. It is an insult because you no longer live, but Christ lives in you. And therefore, when you go out, it is Christ that goes. And that when some, some person meets you, that for so many people, there is the closest they have ever been to Jesus. Think about that. Wherever you go, in so many areas where people haven't heard the gospel, you are the closest thing to Jesus they will ever meet in their lives. Isn't that awesome? Right? And, and the fact that also that um, you're made in God's image. Do you believe it or do you just think it's like 
Ah, oh, yeah, yeah, we're made in God's image. You're made in God's image. That's unreal, right? And that, you know, what is, what is it in that image? Moses couldn't, bear, couldn't even look at God because there was that glory that shone from him. That glory is that light that shines from him, all right? And that if you walk into the room, you light up my life. It's true. If you have, I mean, we all have Jesus in us, right? And don't think, you know, I've sinned and all that, and Jesus runs away, never. Okay, He's, he may grieve the Holy Spirit, but God says, I'll never leave you or desert you. So that when you walk out to anybody, that glory of God should shine forth. What is this glory? It is that light. Remember that we are fighting darkness. The powers of darkness, this is the end time race, right? It's trying to, uh, uh, you know, the dark forces are trying to win as many as people as they can before the victor comes to claim us all. But when we go, let's move in an atmosphere of glory and light. Not of your own making. It is all glory to God. It's God's glory, the Shekinah glory. It's the Kail glory of God. Amen. That when you go, be aware that the light is shining forth and that darkness will have to go. Right? And that, you know, um, you know that you're the, uh, uh, ambassadors, messengers, ambassadors. Ambassadors never speak their own message, ambassadors carry the message from the Lord. Right? So he can't come up with. I think that's a very bad policy. I, I'm going to come up for something for, <laughs> I think, you know, talking with your government, I'm going to bring up all these things. He cannot do that. They'll execute him if it came from Russia or something like that. You have to bring in the exact message that the government sends you with. And God has sent us with a message. And the message is the gospel, the good news. Okay? And the message is the good news. What? So we're not, don't think that, you know, when I say you're a messenger or ambassador, you know, that you're, uh, you know, DHL or you're Uber or something like that. You're not, okay? That you are like Archangel Michael who came down with the answer from God to Daniel. But it took so many days, he had to fight along the way. That's us, all right? We are like the angels move human form that move with a message to the different people and that this um this uh, uh message is of course the good news so when we speak god's message and god's voice it actually technically becomes prophecy because it comes from the heart of god it comes from the mouth of god we're just the channels all right, so when we speak and we declare things, it is prophetic. And, you know, we are special because we are the four P people, P, all right, the letter P. We are people of prayer. Can you say amen to that? Are we people of praise? We do love worship. Are we people of prophecy, declaration? Yes. And therefore, we are people of extraordinary power right the four p people what are they prayer 
praise, prophecy, power. Yeah. And, and, and that, that is what we are. And if anybody, you know, says to you, Pastor Paul, I can't do it, I'm not good about that, just smack them. Yeah, yeah. Don't waste time. We're running out of time, aren't we? Yeah? We seem to be running out of time. So the prophecy that when you prophesy, supernatural power comes forth. Remember, you're talking from God, all right? You're bringing that channel of things. Remember Paul and Silas who were in prison. At midnight, they were worshipping, all right? They were in chains. They were worshipping. It set off an earthquake, and they were freed. This is that sort of power that when we release the Christ in us, when we release the voice of God in us, all right, that we have heard from the Lord and we release it to people, expect supernatural power. And it says in Mark, is it 15, 16, whatever, um, that when you go, signs and wonders will follow you. And you don't think, oh, she's so special and I must go and touch her to get the anointing because she has signs and wonders. You are able to have signs and wonders too, Right? Because remember, it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And that when I release that power of God, when I release that word of God, it is a prophetic declaration. Prophetic declarations have got its extraordinary power. It's got power to change people's lives. It's got power to give direction to people. I was, as a young Christian, we started the church. Uh, we had some uh, really good prophets come in. You know, some prophets are a bit fruity, yeah? And, and you park things, you know? Um, I remember one prophet that came to my house and he says, I can smell demons as you are. I can smell demons. Actually, it's all, I've, I've got two boys my husband, right? They're dirty socks. The garage was full of dirty socks. Say that talk, like chuck everything else, you know. And I'm not the sort of mother that picks up after them. And so I was thinking, yes, 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 I can smell them too, you know. So that's a fruity prophet. But I had some pretty good prophets that said to me very early on, 1992, a prophet, no, actually when my husband uh, decided to be uh, a pastor. He's a medical biochemist, but we came in as business migrants, right? And so we opened businesses, we opened restaurants, we said, if businesses fail, at least we have food to eat. Good business, isn't it? Good thinking, Chinese thinking, always food. Yeah. And um, he had be, uh, signed up to be a pastor. He had been asked by Glad Tidings to start a church in Chinatown. And I said, no way, you know, I'm not going to be a pastor's wife. I am not going to make cupcakes and sell things at the church fete. All right? I said, I'll sign the papers and support you, but I ain't going to be your pastor's wife. And this prophet that came in hadn't met me because I, I was working, I was teaching at Brisbane Boys College at that time. And he had never met me, and uh, he, we normally don't talk much to prophets because, you know, they're prophets, they should know. Yeah. And, and, and so he met me at the meeting, and then he said, 
he was praying for me, didn't know who I was. And he said, why is it? I can see the anointing coming upon you and you're pushing it off. Uh, uh, uh. Yeah. Oh my goodness, you're going to close soon. And um, you sure you give me a few more minutes? Yeah, yeah. And then he said, there you go, it's going again. You're not receiving it. And he said, jump, jump into the water. And I cried for three days and then I, and my surrender to God wasn't like, you know, people who surrender say, Lord, I surrender you, take me, use me. Mine was, Lord, I surrender, I can't stay, I can't uh, fight you anymore. That was mine from a prophet. And then another prophet came in, 1992. He said, you will walk the poles of parliament, all right? You will be, uh, you know, doing this with government and da, 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 da. And I thought, oh, yeah. You know, there I am, school teacher at Brisbane Boys College, no doubt, you know, professional development and officer and all that. But I couldn't even see anything like that. It came true. When I left, it's come true. I've gone into so many different uh, governments. I, I served at a council. They flew me into Canberra every four, every three months and things like that for many years, right? So I've gone and walked parliament in so many different countries. China invited me two years ago when they had the 70th anniversary. The China government invited me to Beijing. All expenses paid for one week. And I went into their parliament, the Great Hall and all that. And, and yes, Pastor Paul, I am a very good friend of China because I believe that God has opened the doors. If anybody is stuck in China and is caught, at least I have phone numbers I can call. Yes, yeah. So this has happened. And then... Another big prophet said to me that um, you will, uh, yeah, you, you are going to be an ambassador between countries. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, right. Yes, it has, has happened that I've brokered meetings between different countries. They've come through me. And it's like, what? So just go with the flow. It's not me, but it's Christ who lives in me. Can you see then, all right? Don't stop God, don't put barriers where, you know, where God wants to use you. He wants to use every one of us in some way or other. Okay? And so um, I'm cutting short because I was going to say a few more things. But you, we need to realize then that when we go, we go with faith, we go with hope, and we go with love. Without love, it's all nothing. All right? We're empty symbols clanging. We go with faith that God has plans to prosper us, never to harm us. All those blessings that give, build up people's faith. We go with hope. Hope is that glory, all right, doxa in Greek, glory, the light of God. We go with glory. Have I seen, you know, people are transformed with the light of God. When my father died, he was 97 and he was old and dark and, uh, and wrinkled. But he was a very prayerful man and really feared God. He died at midnight. By 10 o'clock, my cousin said to me, look at Uncle Harry's face. Because I was crying. I looked at my father. He looked like he was 40 years old. All the wrinkles gone. He had gone very fair and he was glowing. He was waiting, waiting the Lord to come and get him. I'd never, ever seen, you know, and this was my cousin saying, look at Uncle Harry, you know, 97-year-old man who looked like 40 and taught and fair and glowing. We can all be like that. We don't have to wait till we die. 
right? And then the uh, next thing is love. And how do we show love? You see, a lot of times we like to talk. I do like to talk. Talk is empty. Talk is cheap. You know, I'll pray for you, brother, and you're starving to death. Generosity is God's heart. God is a giver. He gave his son. Let's be givers, all right? Let's have social justice. Let's care for people that are suffering. I set up a cleaning business because, you know, migrants and refugees that come in, they go, everybody goes and becomes cleaner and gets exploited. And, and I thought, this is rubbish, you know. Award weight is about 20. So I set up a company and, uh, so that people would get wages. But I was aligned with God's heart. We need to align with God's heart. You know, God hates injustice. God loves migrants. God says, be kind to the strangers in the land. What I did aligned with God's heart, his ideas for my business way outweighed my concept. Mine was everybody gets paid good wages. That's good. He's made it into a multi-million dollar business. Okay? Yeah? And it's like, I can't believe this, but, you know, we just wait for tenders and we apply and favor and all that sort of thing. And that allows me to give away money. And I like to give you more money, Pastor Paul. Yeah, yeah. So can you imagine how when you put all this together, all right, that you are the ambassadors, you're messengers, you are prophetic in what you say. And uh, I want to end with a declaration afterwards, but in a few minutes' time. But when you say all these things, an earthquake appears. Something, a volcanic eruption, whatever it is, goes boom! And you see that glory of God. You see that the results of God. You see what God once done. All right? Because he said, you, I give you that authority. You have greater authority than me. You'll do greater things than I did. And I used to think, no, how can we do it? Do you know that I can now pray against weather? Yeah, we have a big festival here, you know. Uh, we, we help community. We have a huge festival in August. And whenever the rain is, comes or something like that, we had one a storm a, uh, that day of the festival. The storm was coming in, and, and it, it was bringing hailstones and all that sort of thing. You know, that, that horrible big storm after that. When we prayed, and I declared, and I commanded it, you know, don't you come over us. We will have... Even as Jesus still the storm, I'm telling you to stop. Go away. And then people were watching the phone. It's coming, it's coming, it's coming. And then it parted over us. Went one way, went the other way. The new market area was dark and cool, but dry. And I've done it many times with the floods that come in as well. You will not come any further. Stop that, stop that, go. And it goes. All right, my, my son now, you know, the senior pastor, the lawyer who's very skeptical and cynical. And he says, you got to pray. Go and pray. <laughs> it's not I who live, but Christ who lives in me. You want to have an exciting life? Go all the way with Jesus. All right, believe what he says. Be those messengers, be the ambassadors. And have that generosity of spirit. You know, bless wherever you can. Bless. Give, give, give. You can never outgive God. All right? You can never outgive God. 
every time I give something, something else comes, you know? And so go for it. Be mighty men and women of God, all right? You know what? You will be, everybody wants to be an influencer, right? Isn't it? On, on TikTok and all those things, you be an, an, an influencer. Not flu, right? But influence, okay? Let me tell you, we operate this way. We are the greatest influencers on earth. You know why? We change people's lives. We give them a different destiny. They're heading for hell. We put them on the pathway to heaven. Aren't we miracle workers? Aren't we fantastic? Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining Life City Church, and we hope that you were blessed and inspired by today's message. If this ministry has made an impact on your life, we'd love to hear from you. Please drop us a line and share your story at thanks at livecitychurch.com or email us your prayer needs at prayer at livecitychurch.com. We'd love to connect with you and hear more about your story. If you love the ministry of Live City Church, you can make a financial gift to help us spread the good news of Jesus by going to livecitychurch.com and clicking the giving tab. We hope today's message has spoken into your life and look forward to your next visit.